0: Brought to you by Guatney Chevrolet at the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville. This is Guatney Unplugged with Scott Romine.
1: It is not every day you get to talk to one of your heroes, but that's what I'm doing today. Lee Haney is a retired professional IFBB bodybuilding champion, holds an all-time record of eight Mr. Olympia wins. He's regarded as one of the greatest bodybuilders to ever take the stage. How are you, Mr. Haney?
0: I'm doing great, Scott. A pleasure to be on the show with
1: you. Oh, it is just a a big deal to me to get to talk to you. I have looked up to you forever. I saw you on stage in Arkansas when I was about 15 years old or so and just blown away. You grew up. You
0: dated me, Scott. You dated
1: me. Yeah. You you did a (laughs) person. Do you remember doing that? Uh, Coming to Arkansas? I tell
0: you, you, it went so fast, man. It's like a blur, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. You probably were doing a lot of those back in the day, I'm sure,
0: yes, yes, man. you know, about thirty different countries, you know, <laughs> oh my so, gosh. you know not not including the United States, so I was all over the place,
1: ah, uh, man, so and you're a southern boy, so it's not like you're finding catfish and barbecue restaurants in thirty countries, you know, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs>
0: I'm telling you, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you grow up in South Carolina. Who is it that introduces you to weights? How does this even happen?
0: Well, you know what, Scott. When I was a kid, uh, I always was, uh, you know, inspired and and uh, dreamed of being Samson and Hercules. And my parents uh, listened to me at the age of ten years old. I asked for a set of weights for Christmas, and they got them for me, you know, a, a plastic set of those York times yeah. with the, you know, with the rubber, the vinyl, and the, and the clay on the inside. Yeah. So, so, man, when we would go to the grocery store, I would rush to the newsstand and grab the muscle magazines and read through and, you know, look at the look at photos of Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. Rocky Robinson, and all of the different Uh, bodybuilding icons and would read their programs that relates to training and nutrition and that's pretty how i pretty much how i got started you know just a magazine buff loving what i was seeing and applied it to you know to my training so at the age of 10 11 years old man i was i sort of knew what i wanted to do that's extremely uh, young yes you you know something is it's amazing scott that in the heart of of children and parents listen and pay attention to them they can pretty much tell you who they are and what they want to be and i'm blessed to the fact that my parents heard me got me a set of wakes and there you go it kept me out of trouble kept me away from drugs kept me from doing stupid stuff Taught me to take care of my body. And, of course, the girls like muscles. (laughs) I wanted to make sure I had as many as I could.
1: (laughs) Hey, chicks dig it, you know.
0: That's right. (laughs) Hey,
1: Lee, I love how outspoken you are about your Christian faith. Is it your parents that started you? I mean, you're going to church pretty young. Where did that start?
0: Well, you know, it's amazing. I had two uncles that were Baptist uh, preachers. And uh, we had a a group, a singing group, growing up. Uh, the Haney family. We would go to different churches, performing, singing gospel songs, and so forth. And it was part of my upbringing, you know. And I thank God that it was. And my uncle, I, I never forget the day of which I gave my life to Jesus Christ when I was nine years old. He had given a gospel message about how Christ died on the cross and how he loved us and willing to die for our sake and took our sin upon him. And, man, when that message was given and then he did the call for salvation, man, I marched right down the aisle. (laughs) Nobody grabbed me by the hand and pulled me down. I went on my own because I wanted this loving Lord and Savior. is my Lord and my Savior. So I accepted Christ when I was nine years old.
1: It, it's an in and for us Christians, it's like I mean, I can imagine you here. You've been Mr. Olympia, you've done all these things. It's hard to top that right there. I you know, the draw yeah. to come down, you know, what just what you just said that
0: that's hard to top. Yeah, you know, and, it, and you know, it's amazing when 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 the Holy Spirit tells on your heart, I mean, you know, it without a doubt for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I knew what I was doing. Nobody nobody had to coerce me into doing it, and you know, none of that. You know, so I marched right down, gave my life to Christ, and it was just the love that I heard coming from that message that drew me. And and I tell you what, Scott, I uh, you know, I listen, man, I believed every bit of what was being said about God's love for me for Lee Haney and the world. And you know what? I, at the age of 17, I got on my knees one night before going to bed and I prayed. I said, Lord, if you see fit, make me the best at the sport that I love so much because I love bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. I said, I'll go before the world and give you the praise and the glory. That was my prayer as a 17-year-old. So it's apparent that he saw something but I know that He loved me, and if my heart was correct and my actions for this gift, then He would allow me to have it. So apparently, He saw something, and here I am today, you know, openly telling people wherever I go of how God giftedly aided with the title of Mr. Olympia because it's. The win the Mr. Olympia title is impossible. <laughs> His people has been chasing us all. You can't eight times. Let's forget about eight. It's unbelievable. we on Yeah. You- <laughs> I know. I'll tell you, man. So I knew without a doubt that I know just as clear in my heart today that he placed me in this position. And I try to honor him and doing those things that bring joy to him but impact the world oh for so his name and to his glory
1: lee i can identify with that i'm not mr olympia but i had cancer a couple of years ago and and without jesus i would absolutely be dead everything is possible with this guy you know
0: that's right man and you know what scott the lord is so cool he is the coolest of the cool when you read about his life and his message mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit just touches your heart about it and you saw where he would go, I mean, he went where nobody else wanted to go. He spoke in such a way that people could grasp and understand what he was saying. I mean, everybody wanted to be around him. You know, the people right. so called outcasts, he he would go right there. You know, he, he and you know, and that's what was so I don't know. So special about you know Jesus Christ. He he was accepting to people. He didn't beat people down or tear them up. He would you know share the, the message, and then it was up to them to receive it. So that's how I see my life. You know, uh, uh, as an example. You know, I don't beat people with the gospel. You know, because it's totally up to the Holy Spirit to draw them in to save them. But I try to live my life in such a way that, you know, that uh, they were wonderful. Well, why does God smile? You know, what is, what is it? <laughs> you know, that's right. Him loving his wife. he's been married 40 years. Got two, two awesome adult tearing now. Now he's rolling down a hill in the grass with his grandbabies. You know, so what is it? What is that joy uh, that only Jesus Christ can bring? And man, I love every bit of it. And I try to and I purpose to keep my feet grounded as the the example of Jesus Christ was grounded so that I don't become big headed or think myself above that which I really am. And you know, the Lord says the greatest in the kingdom be those who serve. Not those who, who walk around with a with a stiff chin thinking they are to be served.
1: Lee, I mean you're the best in the world, but if you grow up ten, eleven years old reading these magazines, I'm thinking at some point in time you end up training with the guys you were looking at on the magazine. Is that not just surreal?
0: <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. I recall after winning the uh First, I won what is called the NPC Nationals. I was the first NPC national champion when that organization was formed back in 1982. And after winning that show, I was then qualified to compete in what was called the IFBB World Championship, like the Mr. Universe, which right. took place in Belgium. And after winning that, I was considered a pro. And so, next up is competitions like the the Mr. Olympia and uh, the different type of IFBB professional Grand Prix championships. And there I was on the stage with people like Albert Beckles, yep. Frank Zane, oh, yeah. Robinson Roy Callender. And so, man, what, I mean, it was amazing. Here I am, a 23-year-old standing on the stage with the same people I read about and admired in the magazine that stole their, stole their workout routine the and <laughs> nutritional program. <laughs> So they gave to those youngster and here he is, chasing them on the stage now. So man, that that's amazing. I mean, to see those type that type of reality, uh, come to pass, and it, I mean, it was, man, I, I I'm still amazed by it, and amazed at uh, what the Lord has allowed me to see. You know, here you are in Germany, and then there you are in Japan, and here you are in Sweden and Switzerland, and. Australia, New Zealand, and it is, it is oh, wow! What a journey!
1: I'm just so proud. I mean, I, man, you're just one of my heroes. But the other part of it is, you and I are both Southerners. So to hear you with your Southern accent talking, about, oh, I'm going to Belgium and I'm winning this. I love that because <laughs> Lee, think hey, about you it.
0: You know what, Scott? This is so funny. I, when I first to moved to California, because after winning the the World Championship, Joe Weeder offered me opportunity. Come to California, you know, just as he did Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right. You know, yeah. A lot of other legends. So here I'm at World's Gym in California, where, you know, Arnold trained and, you know, Franco Colombo and, and Robbie and all of these guys. Oh, yeah. And, and, they, and they, they they were saying to me, particularly people at Train, said, you got a funny accent. Why are you <laughs> talk like that? But listen, I don't have that. You got the accent. Nothing wrong with the way I talk. That's, That's the right. The way I talk. That's where I'm from. You
1: have a problem. <laughs> it's funny somebody like Arnold telling you you have a funny accent, you know. I mean, yeah. just the thought of it. You
0: know? I telling you, man. It was so cool.
1: <laughs> but it's true though, Lee, because think about it. Every season, American Idol, a Southerner wins. You know who's the entertainer that will go be talking about 3000 <laughs> years from now? Elvis Presley. It's a Southerner can win anything they put hey. their mind to.
0: That's right. Hey, we we come to the school of uh I I was, you could say hard knocks but listen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. listen. I had to make it. Yeah. <laughs> I, listen, I was a brick I was, I was laying brick when I was training for the NPC Nationals. In the junior nest, I was laying brick. You know, of course, I do have a a degree in uh, youth counseling, but I was laying brick at the time. I mean, hot, heat. So I had to make
1: You had to do it.
0: Or you would spend the rest of my life laying brick. and That ain't easy (laughs) work. Heck, I think
1: Arnold and Franco was laying brick in California in the 70s.
0: They sure was, man. You got to do that for a living. Lift the weights is a piece of cake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Lee, did was there? You've got all these Olympians and everything. Did they ever approach you about being in movies or doing some acting and that sort of thing, or were you just not interested in it?
0: Well, you know what, I did uh, uh, make my way to a couple of auditions there in California, I, I, I think uh, I met with an agent there. I had a wonderful lady who was sort of overseeing me as far as management in that particular area. And so I recall in one of my interviews (laughs) that I said, well, listen, I would love to get into acting, you know, something that makes sense, something that's going to be positive. I said, but I'm not selling my soul to do anything. I said, it doesn't align with what's good and what's awesome and healthy. You got the wrong guy. And I, th- <laughs> I think they kicked me out of the door after that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they want you to do anything, you know. Yeah,
0: exactly. So I mean, I took acting lessons for a couple of years and so forth. But hey, man, you know, it just didn't happen. And I don't. And I got to, You know, apparently that's not where God wanted me to be. But then I had a show on the uh, show on the ESPN Lee Haney's Championship Workout, and that was on for several years, the number one show on the ESPN. And then uh, after that, I had a chance to uh, do a show called Totally Fit on the Trinity Broadcast Network when the beautiful Miss Jan Crouch and her husband, Paul, was still alive. Jan was a big fitness buff herself. Mm -hmm. And I was doing the interview there one day and and, uh, Jan had to be there. I said, well, Jan, I would love the opportunity to do a." exercise, the fitness show on the Christian network. Dan looked at me as well, when do we get started?
1: Oh, that's <laughs> great.
0: That quick. And man, I had a great time. So, you know, it's amazing how, you know, what the Lord has for you is for you. And he, and I felt that, you know, that's what he had for me. And, um, and, and that's where I was. And that's where I had the greatest influence and impact, you know, but not just there. You know, he, he always, that spans the territory of his children. Mm-hmm. So he put us where we need to be so that uh, he can show us off. And then having us where we need to be, we show him off. We let the world know who our daddy is and that he love us. And that not only did he love us, he got an open door to love them too. And to uh, bless them in the same way he blessed us. You know, he have no respect of persons.
1: Hey <laughs> Lee, I wanted to ask you. As far as working out, you know, I, I've I follow all this stuff, and I know back in the day, Arnold's day, they talk about working out four or five hours a day. But I've seen you talk about, hey, I can do it in an hour. Were you truly, Mister Olympia, working out an hour a day?
0: Well, it it was it was hour hour per session. Okay. For instance you would have your morning workout would maybe be an hour, and then you'd go home and eat, take a nap, you know, rest, you know, and then, you know, have another meal. And then you're back in in the afternoon, probably 4 o'clock, 3.30, for the second workout. So you're looking at probably about two and a half, two and a half to total hours, or possibly three for the entire time. If you're training four or five hours, you, you're goofing off, yeah. you know, really. You, you, your body can't stay in a gym and do that at that level of intensity for that amount of time, particularly at one time. But when you split it up, we call it a split system, morning and evening. And you can get in there fresh on both times and you make the greatest gains then.
1: I mean, to do any more, you're not going to recover from it, right?
0: No, you're not going to recover. You're going to get injured. And that's, you know, as the science started to move forward, we learn a bit more uh, during my era than Arnold's era, because they use a routine where you were training six days straight and off on Sundays. Well, we use what is called the three-on-off one, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, off Thursday, and then you fall back in the same sequence again. So it's three days on, one off which gave you more time to recover. And of having more time to recover, you were able to put on just a little bit more muscle size. And so that allowed us to be a little, you know, a little bit larger than that era of bodybuilders. But at the same time, maintain the muscularity and the muscle separation.
1: What was your favorite Olympia win? The first one, the last one? I mean, are are they different? I'm sure there's different feelings about that.
0: Well, well, Scott, I can, I can give you two of them. It was just like you said, the first one and the last one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, the, the last
1: one's probably a relief. Like, oh, man.
0: Oh, you know, man, Yeah, I could exhale on the last one. It's like, okay, I've done eight in a row. This is enough. I've said what I need to say. Let's exit and let's plant the seeds of faith in other areas. Yeah. So uh, I did that, and I never looked back. I never looked back. Uh, last set, best set. You know, the first Mr. Olympia was, wow, you know, I've won the Mr. Olympia. You know, the first year I competed, I placed third. Second year, I won it, which was a miracle in itself. Oh, awesome. And uh, so that was very special. And But after that, you say, okay, now, the combination of winning, how do I maintain this for the next year. And then when you win it for the next year, you ask, well, how can I maintain it for the following year? And and so there's a certain amount of pressure there to get better, you know, because when you're on the top, it's nowhere to go but down. That's right. You had all these guys chopping at the bits, trying to take your cookie from you. <laughs> and so you had to you had to do, you know, and then all of a sudden, I was the first Mr. Olympia to have uh, a wife and children while I reigned as Mr. Olympia. So man, I had to train hard to make sure the diaper farm was being taken care of.
1: Yeah, no kidding, no doubt.
0: It's like
1: <laughs> I understand how that goes. Uh, I, Lee, when you get out, you talked about in Arnold's era, and then I'm sorry, I mean the next era, your era is that's you own that. I mean, to me, you got the Haney era, but after you get out, to me, bodybuilding just becomes a different thing after you. I I, I don't know. It just I like the classic physique look, and it seems like when you left, it just took on a whole new thing. It became something else. I don't know. Am I totally wrong?
0: No, you're totally right because one of the criterias during my era, as it was in Arnold's era, there was uh, the importance of symmetry, the balance of the physique. Yes. It was the importance of muscle separation. It was the importance of the posing presentation, and then we had the mandatory poses that that you would do double bicep, side chest, you know, last spread, all of these It was side mandatory poses you had to do and look good in, and you were scored on all of those systems. So that is not what's happening now. Nope. You know, no longer is posing being uh, scored, you know, and uh, symmetry around is not is not being scored anymore. So you have this different type of look. And so the criteria is totally different. You have big guys now in the open division, I mean real big, uh, who look more like power lifters than bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh and again the sport have all of these different categories in it now. You have the open division, but then you have classic and classic is where I come from, where all came from. That's where bodybuilding came from. And that's what, you know, made me fall in love with it. And, and you too. Oh we God. Fell in yes. Love with that
1: look. yes.
0: So, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm hoping that since, uh, the classic bodybuilding is, is begun that it can, it, I know it will continue to grow. Because all of the younger athletes coming up, that's the way they want to look. They don't want to look like what's happening in the open bodybuilding division. So I think it's – it. And I don't think I know it. It got off track. It totally got off track. But you know, I did a podcast last night, and uh, and and so I talked about that, and and I think it's really going to throw a shock in the in the world of bodybuilding. And the, the judges, I talked about that. I think they're going to step back and take a look and maybe hopefully take a listen because it totally got off track. It's not something that a kid would say, man, I want to look like that. And your mom and the mom and dad say, oh, no, you no, no, I'm not going to support you in that. So I'm working on something now, Scott, to sort of like a reset a, 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 a deal that I'm, 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 I've got, I got it on paper. Now but I've been busy working on an art architecture rising that type of place again, uh, back in time. But that classic bodybuilding look, we call it classic physique, but classic physique is classic bodybuilding oh, gosh, as yeah. it was meant to be.
1: Yeah. We don't need a bloated stomach division. <laughs> not a fan. No. I'm just not a we, fan. We you know, I All
0: Cyclops. All Cyclops division.
1: No, we don't need that. No, Lee. What was no. it like? No. You're a ten year old kid. You're running to the grocery store. You're buying these magazines. Tell me the first time you walk in the grocery store and you're on the cover of the magazine.
0: Oh man, that that was incredible. That's awesome. You no, know, when I made a couple of Muscle Fitness magazines, <laughs> that was. Man, you know, that was icing on the cake, because that's the dream of every, every bodybuilder to be on the cover of Joe Weeder's most of the fitness. It meant that you have arrived. Oh yeah. And uh, and it's being seen all over the United States. And it opens up it opened up a lot of opportunities. You know, endorsements and uh uh from supplement companies, endorsements from clothing companies, you know. Uh, what the guys are getting today in the way of endorsements is a lot more than I got in my day because during my era, uh, social media didn't exist. That's right. So, so now these guys and the ladies have just incredible opportunity to market uh, their 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 trademarks and their wares and their supplements and. All of that good stuff. So we're in a much better place. We still haven't reached a level of baseball or football. I doubt if we will because, you know, uh, we're not on primetime TV Mm -hmm. like sports where you see LeBron James every other night or you'll see baseball, you know. Every other night in football, you know we're it's not like that. We're still much much smaller, but there's 181 countries in the International Federation of Bodybuilding, so it's all over the world. It's one of the biggest sports federations in the world.
1: Hey, I got to ask you, Lee. You're from the South, so we know how to eat in the South. And the whole time you're Mr. Olympia, what I mean, the dieting has got to be extremely hard. But what is the food that? Was very hard for you to stay away from.
0: Well, you know what, um, Scott? I just, I was always disciplined about what I put in my mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, I, is that something I always, because I always wanted to be a muscle man. Now I wanted to be Samson and Hercules when I was a kid. <laughs> so whatever they ate, and of course, Arnold was a Samson and Hercules to me. Oh, shit. Sure. Robert Robinson. That, those were my, you know, in the magazine. So whatever they said eat, I ate. So I never had a problem with that. You know, when it comes to country boy eating, you know, sweet potatoes has always been the mainstay, <laughs> even when I competed. You know, high in beta carotene, high in fiber, a low glycemic index. So perfect for energy when you're training. You know, chicken, I didn't do it fried with dragon competition. I did it baked real or broiled. You know, spinach was a mainstay, you know, sautéed spinach with onions. So I really never had to be without things that I like, pinto beans, black-eyed peas, green, you know, green beans. All of those things, you know, uh, was part of good, clean eating. So I never had to do without anything. I was never a fried food or red meat type of person anyway. I never did that.
1: Hey, you're the first to do it. How did Arnold feel about you beating his record that had stood for so long?
0: Well, you know what? It's amazing. Uh, uh, Arnold, we were there on the, on the stage. You know, after breaking the record, we were on the interview. I think it was, I think it was NBC. And matter of fact, it can be YouTube so people can go back and see it. Arnold, ah. you know, speaks about Lee Haney. But he said, uh, if anybody deserved to break the record, it was Lee Haney, you know. He said he had, he had saw the potential earlier anyway. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, Arnold helped me as a 23-year-old. My first Olympic to a stirred. And uh, and we were there in Germany. Me and my wife were sitting at the table at the after party, and he came over and said, Lee, you look great. You, everything is there as far as your physique is concerned, he said, but... You are going to have to learn to do a better job with your posing presentation. He said, you got to have work on that. He said, once you get that accomplished, nobody's going to be able to beat you on the stage. And so he said, once uh, we get back to California, and I lived there at that time, he said, I want you to come to my office and I'll introduce you to my posing coach. And uh, when we were back in California a week or so later, I went to his office and I met her. He gave me some pointers and worked with me and the rest is history. So Ono has always been in my corner.
1: He gave you the right advices.
0: Exactly. You know, the thing about it, Ono being a big guy, you know, Ono was, I think six, one, six, two, and I was right at six foot. So he said, Lee, you cannot pose small. When you're a big ah. guy, you have to open up and take up the whole stage. And so I learned to do that. I learned to pose big and not small. And when you could do that, and you're standing beside guys who may be five foot six, five foot five, and that kind of because five, eleven and a half, six foot tall is very tall in bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. So when you know how to position yourself on the stage and posing, then you can just about swallow them up and all eyes are on you with that type of presentation.
1: You followed Arnold by becoming appointed by the president, correct? As uh president's council on physical fitness and sports. I remembered Arnold having that job around 91. He came to Arkansas and saw him at the Capitol. And I guess you were the very next one, correct?
0: Well, slow Joe was the next one. Okay. If you recall, she passed during her time, and uh, after the it was vacant, that position was vacant. uh, Senator Max Cleveland, Mm -hmm. awesome friend of mine, he submitted my name to President Bill Clinton, and I was appointed uh, as chairman to the President's Council under Mm -hmm. under him. So it was a real honor to be able to visit the different uh, schools, colleges to share importance of health and fitness and exercise to the next generation of of our young people.
1: Lee, can a person do as well at home working out as, as they can be a member of a gym? Have have we had major bodybuilders that trained at, at their house? Well, uh,
0: not to my knowledge, because the, the need of, various equipment is, is important if you're gonna develop a, you know a well balanced physique. Like say for leg press you got leg extension for the frontal board, mm-hmm. you have your leg press to add quality mass, then you got your squats to add overall mass. Then you have your hack squat to bring separation in the front lo- of the thighs. Then you got the leg curl machine, you know, for the hamstrings. Then you have your barbell Rows of your barbells and stiff leg deadlifts. That's just the legs. Yeah. So you're talking about a ton of equipment uh, to engineer each particular body part. So it's near impossible to do that at home. Now, if you're talking to your general public, then yeah, I have a set of dumbbells i used outside in one bench during the pandemic, and I was able to sure. you know, stay in good shape and that sort of thing. But to develop a Mr. Olympia body or a body suited for Mr. Murder, Mr. Universe, you're not going to do it at a home at a home gym unless you put out a lot of money.
1: <laughs> unless you have something like The Rock, I guess. Uh, yeah,
0: exactly. You I told you probably about fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 easy.
1: Oof. Yeah, I think I'll just do the $10 a month, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's more economical.
1: <laughs> Lee, you trained your calves every day, didn't you? I, I think I've read that somewhere. I guess that's a hard body well, part would, to develop. Would,
0: yeah, it is very stubborn. I mean, they're born which is a child, so they're used to uh, endurance. You know, so in order to shock them beyond what's normal, you have to give them that which is abnormal. For instance, if you only weigh if you weigh one hundred fifty pounds. And, you know, if you want your cat to go beyond that, you can't do toll raises with 150 pounds. You have to make your calf think you're carrying 300 pounds body, of body mm. weight. So that's why it's so important to train the calves heavy. And you got to train them often. So I would train the cats at least five to six days a week.
1: That's quite you know, a bit. Most, yeah.
0: That's quite a bit. You know, most a lot of athletes now don't. And you can see. The results of that, they have very small calves. And I talked to a young man last night. You know, he's looking good, upper body. He walked up to me at the gym and said, Miss Haney, you know, I'm training for da-da-da. And I looked down and said, okay, how often are you training your calves? He said, well, I just recently started twice a week. I said, you can't train your calves twice a week. You got to do it at least around, the least should be four days a week. But five would be perfect.
1: The wheels.
0: You got to have the wheel. You got to have, can't have the wheel. <laughs> so last that's thing right. I want to
1: ask you, Lee, what are you doing now? We've got your website at lehaney.com but tell us all the things you're out there doing.
0: Well, I, I have uh, my own product line. One of the products I take pride in is my systemic cleansing and detox system. Uh, and that's important because as athletes, uh, we take in large amounts of protein and, you know, carbohydrates. So uh, just like you got to change the oil and the filter in your car, you need to do that with your body, you know, and not just for athletes, for the general public, too, because when you do the pizzas, the pastas, the cheese, the sweets and all of that good stuff, you know, the sodas, you need to clean the jets in the body every so often. So that detox helps to clean the liver, kidney, bloodstream, urinary system and colon. So that's one of my leading products there. Get rid of waste, get rid of bloat. And generally, most people drop anywhere between 6 to 10 pounds during the seven days of the detox. So that's number one. Number two, I created what's called the AIDS Management Pack, which has things like resveratrol, ubiquinol. It have your super omegas in it for heart health. It's got your D3. It have your joint supplements like glucosamine and chondroitin, MSM. Uh, so all of these different things that help fuel the body with, with age management uh, supplementation. And then, of course, I have a fat burner, which, you know, no such thing as a fat burner. <laughs> what I have is something that, that can help enhance your body's ability to burn calories, You know, not something to jack your blood pressure up. So my supplement line I have. Then I have a certification organization. If someone wants to get into personal training, Then I have two different parts, well, three different parts of that certification. One is ultimate bodybuilding science, number two, and that's for the bodybuilding world. Number two is functional training. That's for the general public. Then I have another part to that uh, under the functional training, which is is the uh, minister of fitness. So if you want to teach fitness programming for a church or synagogue, you know, whatever your religious institution is, then we certify you in order to do that and lead in group training. So those are the two things I have. And then I have the Lee Haney games, which is now going into my ninth year where we have a big fitness bodybuilding, figure bikini uh, wellness competition with people coming from all over the United States. And so that's, that's a biggie for us. And we've been doing that. And now I'm looking to expand into a, uh, an additional type of event. So we're in discussion about that now.
1: Where and when is that event
0: held? That's being held November the 11th. And people wanting to get information about it, they can go to LeeHaneyGames.com. That's Games with an S on it, .com. Okay. So they can find out about it there. Or they can go to LeeHaney.com and find out about it. Yes.
1: LeeHaney.com. Are you still doing personal appearances? Could someone bring you out to train or teach a class?
0: Oh, yes. Matter of fact, I have a we have a workshop. My organization is called the International Association of Fitness Science, the IAFS. We have a workshop happening this uh, well, uh February the 18th. And if you go to uh LeeHaney.com, you'll see information on the workshop or you can go to iafscertification.com and you can be a part of that workshop come out and get certified or just come out to learn some additional information on training nutrition and and the different things to help you reach your health and fitness goals oh yeah i just got back from boston massachusetts doing one there so had a wonderful time
1: Thank you so much, Lee, for being on Guatney Unplugged. Just an honor to have you. You guys go out and have a great Saturday. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Scott.
0: God bless you.